Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Flag, where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage people don't come to church anymore. I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swakowski. Welcome to season three. What is up? Yes, yeah, season three. Wow. I am very excited. What's up? I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about some amazing topics that we got planned for our listeners. I love it. Same here. Well, today's topic is sanctification. Ooh. What the flock is up with <laughs> yeah. sanctification? What I'm is the background? Ooh, as if I don't know what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> like, I'm surprised. No, we're Sancta ready. What? Yeah, we're ready. Awesome. Sink to what? Okay, sanctification. Thank you. Um, yeah, great intro. I'm really excited. So season yeah, two ended with a deep dive into salvation. And one of the big areas of damage that I've seen, that I know you have seen as well, in the church comes with the question, what? happens after salvation right the, and a lot of the damage happens with the question because either the uh, really the damage comes in how it's being answered or if it's being answered so the the thoughts i have going through my brain are isn't salvation just the beginning of my walk with god and what is the church's answer for how to live for him after I'm saved or after I've struck this or begun this quote unquote personal relationship with Jesus. Nice. Okay. So seems like a pretty normal topic, but mm -hmm. we're talking about topics that have caused damage that people have been hurt by. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're supposed to deal with the question, right? All right. Yeah. Well, largely, the way people in the church have motivated others to receive salvation is by fear. Hmm. Like, for instance, if you don't get saved, you're going to go to hell. Now, what happens once I'm saved? Now that the fear of hell is gone, the church leaders struggle to motivate the people in the church to continue their walk with God. If I'm no longer in fear of hell, what am I meant to go towards? Mm -hmm. What am I progressing in? Yet when the topic of sanctification actually comes up, I, I don't hear sanctification talked about much and not nearly as much as salvation. Right. But when it does come up, the answer that I more often than not hear is the church and the church leaders say that sanctification happens by Christ making you holy unilaterally meaning you're a christian now it's all christ's responsibility to make you holy 
So it's like I get saved and then a magic wand happens and I am immediately holy and it's Christ's it's Christ's doing and it's his responsibility. Right. Right. And I think okay. because you know, Christians know once they're saved, they're not that doesn't make them perfect. So there has to be an answer for how do I you know, I'm saved now. I am mm -hmm. told I'm holy. How do I progress in that holiness? Hmm. Well, Christ does that for you. Ah. Okay, so what does this issue look like in the church? Well, the the strict side, which normally what we've seen, the strict side is where you tend to get a focus on the effects, a focus on the behavior as a cause, a list of rules per se. Okay. Right. So the answer on this side, the conflict looks like, well, you're saved, right? Like we, like we were just saying, you're saved. Therefore you're holy. You're made righteous through Christ. Now show the effects of your holiness of your righteousness. And this is a callback season oh. one episodes one through five, right? Yes. Where you're talking Read your Bible, go to church, tithe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do yes. these things that prove you are saved. Do these things that proved you are holy, you are sanctified. But this same side, the reason there's damage here is nobody's being told what the causes of those behaviors are. So it's damaging because everybody's being treated the same and everybody's being told these are the behaviors of a Christian. You all have to do them and you all have to do them this much. You have to give this much. You have to read your Bible this much. You have to pray this much. And if you don't, well, you probably should feel guilty for it because you're not holding up to some standard. But we're not told, well, what's the right how and why behind this? Right. How do I actually grow in holiness myself? How do I actually become sanctified? Is it the same for everybody? Because the list of rules and steps to take that the church often give become the same for everybody. Gotcha. So these people who hold this perspective, how do they support that with the Bible? Well, they, they find the verses that talk about our righteousness coming from Christ, which it does. And that's not what we're refuting. What we're refuting is what we have seen the church generally does as their method of motivating people into this righteousness that we receive from Christ. There is a right how and why there is a right method and reason to get to this righteousness, to become more holy. So all I have to do if I'm the church, because really what they're doing is they're saying here, do these lists, do this list of behaviors. Mm -hmm. And if they give a cause, the cause is, because Jesus wants you to, because the Bible says so. So all I have to do for biblical support here is find the verses, and there's many of them that talk about Christ bringing righteousness into me. Hmm. And I can use that to support my belief that sanctification, my growth and holiness is completely Jesus's responsibility now that I'm saved. For instance, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. So Christ is doing it through me. I can do all things. It's Christ. Romans 3.22 talks about the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all of them that believe. Right? Great verse. These are amazing verses. Right. But when I interpret this verse to mean 
I'm righteous because I believe, and then I support my belief by me saying I believe. How do I know you're a believer? Because I say I believe. Well, I'm taking these verses out of context, and I'm applying them in a way that furthers my rationalization that I'm doing the right thing and that Christ does unilaterally bring righteousness into me. Hmm. And then the, there's even first Peter chapter two are some great verses that talk about us being a part of a Royal priesthood, believers being a holy nation. Now notice these are what's, these are facts. These verses are, are expressing these concepts. And then we as humans, especially on the strict side, what we try to do is we try to make it fit into our already preconceived notions and our already biased beliefs. So we take this, you know what? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And we say, see, Jesus does that all for us. He has declared me holy. So there's nothing more I need to do. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So how do people argue against this perspective? So we're trying to help the people who've been damaged by this perspective, right? These right. people who've been hurt when the church is enforcing these list of rules on you in order to prove you're holy and sanctified, right? What would I tell these people? Well, one of the questions here, here's actually a strategy, a principle-based strategy that we use in almost every episode, when we start getting into how do we defend ourselves against this abuse, one of the key things I would love everybody to remember is this. If you ask the person who's coming after you what the definition of the words that they are using is, that right there is one of the strategies me and Pastor Jonathan, that me and you are using in every episode. That's right. a great way. So a lot of you... You can learn how to do this on your own, depending on how you're being abused, depending on which area you're experiencing this damage, ask for definitions of the words Absolutely. that are being told to you. But in this case, so it's like, what's the difference between salvation and sanctification? That would be a great question to ask somebody or asking too, is this, because here's really where we're getting down to this is what am I responsible for and what is God responsible for? So if I ask the person coming after me saying, you know, you need to do these behaviors because you're a Christian, you need to do these behaviors to prove you're sanctified and holy, I can ask them, well, what is my responsibility as it relates to salvation? What is my responsibility as it relates to sanctification? So these are great questions to ask that really get down to the meaning of the words that we're using when it comes to this really important topic of Christianity. Awesome. Okay. So that's pretty much this, this strict perspective. The strict perspective is a list of things to do or to not do. And sanctification is something done by Christ. So this is Christ's responsibility to make me holy. Right. And if that holiness happens, if it's really been done, you know, if, if Christ has really sanctified you, then what we should see are these lists of behaviors that come out. Um, don't smoke, don't swear, don't drink, 
don't read the Bible once a I, year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tithe, tithe, 10%. Tithe, like go the, to church. They, you know, everybody's, everybody ends up looking the same then, right? It's interesting because yeah. I'm like, where, where is this, again, where does this list come from? Yeah, this is the strict side where we try to make the word of God better. As humans, we try to make everything in our lives better. We take yeah. a concept and we try to make it more efficient or more effective. We try to make it easier. We think it's better. We try to make these steps easier because it feels better to our flesh to not have to do as much work and to not be challenged as much. Mm -hmm. So we try to find shortcuts. So this is really a Pharisee. It, it's kind of like what the Pharisees did with the right. oral traditions, right? Well, the, the Old Testament gives a list of commandments to follow. We're going to create a bunch more that help us follow the commandments that God established. Instead of just doing the work of following the ones that God established, we're going to add to it to really with the intention of making it easier. Hmm. So this is really, it's easier for me to just focus on dressing a certain way, going to church every week, tithing 10%, reading my Bible every day. Now I don't actually have to do the causes of sanctification, the challenging responsibility that we have as Christians to grow in our holiness. Awesome. Well, before we move on to the loose perspective, let's go ahead and take a call from our friend, Pastor Richard Tater from McMillan, Alabama. Go ahead, Pastor Tater. You are on the line. Hello, gentlemen. Yes, it's me, Pastor Richard Tater. How y'all doing? You know, uh, while you were away on your sabbatical, not only did I finish y'all's restoration program, I've also begun repair training. And this fits with y'all's discussion today. Repair is not a finish line. It is a continual process of allowing God to make each area of my life better than it was originally. This is a far cry from what I was taught. I was taught that sanctification meant I was supposed to not only do the effects like y'all was talking about, I was supposed to get more excited about doing those effects. That is exactly what Pastor Joel was talking about. Uh, Pastor Tater, by the way, did you get a chance to see our interviews on YouTube during our sabbatical? You what? Well, hey, Pastor Tater, uh, congrats on the restoration. But uh, let me just explain YouTube here for you here. YouTube is a free video sharing website on the internet. It makes watching videos online really easy you can even create and upload your own videos to share with others if that is on the computer i do not have one of those oh well you could watch it on your smartphone the only phone that i have is the one i'm calling you on right now pastor joel oh wait I had quite a dust up when my kids were young because I wouldn't change to a push button phone. <laughs> Wait, are you calling us on a rotary phone? <laughs> well, yes, I am. 
Oh, oh, and also, uh, the radio station I listen to you on the wireless re-air some episodes of season one, and I'm on the thank you phones. I'm not used to young whippersnappers like y'all being patient with an old goat like me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for continuing to beat out all of those other callers and interacting with us, Pastor Tater. You know, you're so welcome, Pastor Jonathan. I, I thought salvation was the end of my journey, but I'm looking forward to the rest of my life. It's time for me to hang up and listen to the rest of your show. This was my favorite podcast. Judy, I miss y'all. God bless. Thank you, Pastor Tater, for the call. What an awesome call. Great to hear from you. What do you think about that, Pastor Joel? Yeah, once again, congratulations on, on graduating the restoration process. And I think it's pretty evident to tell already in this, in this phone call because he connected sanctification with repair. And really, that's a great that's a great way to see sanctification. It's a process that facilitates growth for eternity. There isn't a finish line to it. So, yep, there he goes again, adding uh, value to our episodes. Yeah, man, it is so good to hear Pastor Tater energized and yeah. jacked and, yeah, being a benefit. It's awesome. Right. What, a, what a great journey we're on with Pastor Tater. Yeah, absolutely. So fun. Okay, so... We have hit the strict side of the perspective. Now, Pastor Joel, can you show us the other side of this argument? What's the other side? All right. The other side is, you know, we, we refer to it as the loose side of this. Um, this is really, you're saved. Now you're good. Don't worry about it. And remember, what we're really dealing with here is this question, what do I do after salvation? The answer on the loose side is, don't worry about it. You're good. So really where this comes from, this, this loose side comes from the doctrine, the man-made doctrine that grace means unmerited favor, where it is this, again, unilaterally, God makes you good. God chooses those he's going to save. Once you're saved, you're good because of unmerited favor. So what, and one of the big differences between this, because it sounds a lot like the strict side, the thing is, mm -hmm. the difference is there's no list of uh, rules that's being enforced here, right? Where on the strict side, it's like, yep, you're saved, now do these things. On this side, it's you're saved, now do whatever you want. Hmm. Got it. So how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, people are getting saved and they don't know how to have a relationship with the Lord. Right. They pray a prayer and then continue to live the lives they've lived before they met God. And the church and church leaders have enabled this belief. Hmm. How are these people who adhere to the loose side who pray a prayer and then live their lives the way they did before they prayed that prayer, any different from people outside the church? Wow. It's a great question. Yeah. I think that 
probably the only difference is what they say they, right. that they said that prayer. Yep. But, but that would be the only difference. And maybe and, they and not call in the, themselves a believer. Right? Yeah. But not in the way that they live. Right. There would be no, there would be no difference. That's a really great question. Okay. So how would you uh, handle an interaction with someone who had that loose perspective? Well, here it's important to make sure we're merciful to these people. We're not judging these people. We're trying to help these people. And we're really trying to make sure we at, you know, in these episodes with what the fuck, we're really trying to make sure the people who are being hurt are able to keep their own thought process and not be pulled down by the destruction of the the abusers. Mm -hmm. So on this side, some of the questions you could ask the person are, do you think it's okay for me to live my life as a Christian in the same way I did before I was saved? Or how about this? Get to the heart of what sanctification means. What sets me apart from the world as a Christian? Mm. Now, what we're doing here is we're actually, uh, we're asking these questions to these people on the loose side with the mentality of really we have no control over whether they answer the question. We need to be careful that we're not holding them to any answers they give. The important thing is we ask the question. And that is a benefit to, to reaching these people indirectly. One of the questions that really bring this, this topic forward is this one. Why would someone want to be a Christian? It's a great question. I don't know if the church has been... I mean, excuse the terminology here, but not very good salesmen over what the benefits of walking with the Lord are. Right. Because it's it sounds like it's, you know, from what we've learned so far, you can avoid hell. Yep. And but avoidance. is avoiding yep. the same yep. as a benefit? I nope. don't see it. Yeah. So when you see this going on in the church, Pastor Joel, both of these sides, this loose and the strict side, we see both of them in the church. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the I do. I see this happen a lot, um, especially in my church. My church, um, unlike yours, Pastor Jonathan, is is not as uh, seeker friendly. We're mm-hmm. more of a doctrinal um teaching-based church for people who want to, for really for believers who want to become leaders. So I do see this a lot. I do see people who are already Christians crying out and, and being hurt over not knowing what to do next. I'm already saved. What now? So I get bummed out about it, but it also, I get excited um, because I see a lot of potential for helping people, but there are generally speaking three categories of people that we recognize as it relates to this topic of sanctification, there's the people that I feel sorry for. These are people who've been deceived. They've been deceived into thinking that salvation is all that Christianity is about. These people think that living for God when they're still walking in the flesh is really okay. I mean, it's, there isn't any teaching in the church that is really against that. So if there isn't a change, then these people actually might not be saved. So I actually am feeling sorry for them because there's 
people in the church who think they're saved that aren't really saved because of the doctrine of salvation and sanctification that's being taught. The inability to answer this question, what do I do after salvation, is hurting people and deceiving people into potentially not being saved at all. So it actually makes me even feel bad for the people who are deceiving. So I feel bad. There's really two categories, two different types in this category that we feel bad for. It's the people who've been deceived and the deceivers themselves, because Mm. it's all stemming from this man-made doctrine that is making the word and will of God void. There's the group of people that I understand why they do what they do. I understand why they believe what they believe. These are people who leave the church after recognizing that the church is offering really a get out of jail free card and that this get get out of jail free card is contradictory. So -hmm. these people are secure enough to leave an unsafe situation. And these people are humble enough to realize that even though they don't have the right answer, they know there, there should be a right answer. They know the church should offer the right answer and they aren't going to stay in a situation that would cause them to enable the abuse that's happening. Then there's the group of people that I'm, that we are impressed with. Mm -hmm. These are people that know that God wants a covenanted life with each of us for us to walk our lives with him. These are people who know that the behavioral effects will be manifested as an effect of growing in sanctification. So really what this is, is these people we're impressed with know that salvation is just the beginning of our life with God and that our growth in holiness with the Lord is what we ought to be going towards now and for eternity. Something to go towards. Right. Exciting. So what is the ultimate answer, Pastor Joel? Right. So still though, we don't know. Well, how do we grow in holiness, right? What the heck is sanctification? (laughs) What the flock? So sanctification is in and of itself the ultimate answer. Growing in holiness. So that's the definition of sanctification. Growing in holiness. Growing in holiness. Now, how is this done? This is where the ultimate answer, let me explain the ultimate answer for you a little bit. Yes, please. This is done by growing in the same causes of salvation. We've covered salvation in depth. If you need to re-listen to that episode, I highly recommend doing so. But we learned that salvation, the causes of salvation are grace and faith. When I adhere to and allow grace and faith these principles of God, these causes of God to work in my life, it begins salvation, right? When I continue to grow in grace, when I continue to grow in faith, it facilitates my sanctification. So it's one of these really simple answers. It's do the same thing you did. Simple. It's so simple. And it's, I love what you said, do the same thing that you did. But you have to have a right definition of what salvation is in order to do what you did. Because here's, here's the, so the deception is, is that salvation is saying a prayer. Yeah. Yeah. So how do I continue to grow in saying a prayer? 
oh, you know what? I'll say it every week, every day, just to make sure. <laughs> that was me. That was you yeah. too, right? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, if that's why I was prayer. so quick with that answer because it, it, <laughs> I didn't have to think of it. That's what I did. No, that was my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I was ensured of my salvation. I kept doing the prayer because I didn't know the causes. So you bring up a good point. This also is explaining why the damage is happening in the church because we don't understand salvation. Right. So really sanctification is me growing my ability to hear from a God I can't see and take direction from a God I can't see over the long term continually. Yes. Not just quantitatively, but qualitatively as well. Depth and width and longevity. Right. So this is, and you named it, man. It's so sanctification is the answer to how we can be sure of our salvation. Now, salvation is about avoiding a punishment, right? It's not a benefit. It's a lack of a detriment. Sanctification is about growing in this benefit we have to walk with God. So it is, yeah, you led me right into this because it is, it's impossible for someone to explain sanctification if they don't have the right definition of salvation. So once again, we're getting down to the how and why of the Bible, the definition of these words, according to truth, according to God's definitions. Yes. And a person, so another implication is a person or a church leader their inability to explain sanctification would actually prove they don't understand salvation either. Oh, just kind of scary. Yeah. So there we go. I mean, look at all of, and this is what's so fun about all of this is now that we're having these definitions, you know, we've talked about holiness. We've talked about grace. We've talked about faith. We've talked about salvation and they are, they're building. Yes. And if you don't have these blocks, it makes sense. If you don't have God's definition of grace, if you don't have God's definition of faith, if you don't have God's definition of salvation, then sanctification is like, that's a concept that does not make sense. And therefore you wouldn't talk about it in church. Right. Or you have to come up with some sort of answer that doesn't make sense. Like Jesus is responsible. Yep. He does it. He does it to you. He does it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's why there and 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 that's why we watch people go. We watch people leave. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Everyone, this has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you. <laughs>